Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Tuesday, February 23rd. I'm Wayne Pratt. Fifty tiny houses for the homeless in St. Louis will be full this week. The city used coronavirus relief money to help set up those homes. We just felt like this was an opportunity to try out a new, innovative um, shelter opportunity for people. In just a few minutes, St. Louis Public Radio's Kayla Drake reports on some homeless advocates who say the initiative falls short. Missouri Congresswoman Cori Bush wants to keep federal authorities from deporting Alex Garcia. He's been living in sanctuary at a Maplewood church for more than three years. As St. Louis Public Radio's Andrea Henderson reports, Bush has filed a bill that would grant Garcia permanent residency in the U.S. Alex Garcia is starting to see the light from the inside of his home, Christ Church United Church of Christ in Maplewood. Garcia is one of about 50 people living in sanctuary in the U.S., Federal authorities have ordered him deported to his native Honduras. But the private bill Bush filed would protect Garcia, who is desperate to spend time with his family outside of the church. Garcia said during a press conference that the bill gives him hope. I hope the private bill she is introducing for me will will be the pathway for me to stay with my family forever. Bush says she will ask President Joe Biden to keep federal officials from separating immigrant families. But she says Garcia is her top priority. I'm Andrea Henderson, St. Louis Public Radio. Opponents of a massive criminal justice reform law in Illinois say it will make the state less safe. Governor J.B. Pritzker signed the legislation yesterday. Police unions and other groups are opposing it. Pritzker says law enforcement's online information campaign is sour grapes. When they either didn't agree with the outcome that came uh, or that uh, that where their provisions were maybe not included in the bill, uh, they decided, well, now we're just going to completely go against the bill and take a position and in some cases not tell the truth about the bill. The measure ends cash bail in Illinois, except for those a judge deems dangerous. It also allows for anonymous complaints against police officers, strengthens body camera regulations, and mandates more information sharing between police departments about officer records. Former Illinois House Speaker Mike Madigan has resigned as chair of the state's Democratic Party. Madigan is also leaving the House seat he's held for decades. He told reporters over the weekend that he plans to remain active in the state party. As Hannah Meisel tells us, Madigan's decisions come after a federal investigation. Last summer, federal prosecutors identified Madigan as public official A in an investigation alleging electric utility Commonwealth Edison engaged in a years-long bribery scheme to benefit Madigan. He has not been charged, but the cloud of suspicion cost him a historic 19th term as House Speaker last month. Madigan has denied any wrongdoing. The Madison County Health Department is bringing mobile COVID-19 vaccination sites directly to majority black communities. St. Louis Public Radio's Eric Schmidt 
reports the county hopes the initiative will help with the vaccination of more African-American residents. Around 200 people, 65 and older, received their first dose of the coronavirus vaccine at the Mount Nebo complex in the city of Madison. Rochelle Williams-Gardner helped coordinate Monday's vaccination event and says the majority of appointments came from the Madison-Venice area. We're hoping that they will continue to use us as a local site where people don't have to travel like to Belleville because transportation is is an issue for some of the people. Williams Gardner says many older residents sought appointments. She says that turnout shows how vital vaccinations are for the local black community. The county health department plans to have a similar vaccination event in Alton on March 1st. Officials say all vaccinations are by appointment only. Reporting from Madison, I'm Eric Schmid, St. Louis Public Radio. The four candidates running for St. Louis mayor will square off today. St. Louis Public Radio is partnering with Five on Your Side and Nine Network for a debate this afternoon. It's an online event that can be streamed live on stlpublicradio.org. It starts at 1 this afternoon. More details about the candidates, Lewis Reed, Kara Spencer, Tashara Jones, and Andrew Jones, are also available on our website. The city of St. Louis funded a project for the homeless last fall to create 50 tiny houses in an RV park just northwest of downtown. Those houses are expected to be full this week. Some question if the money could have been better spent. St. Louis Public Radio's Kayla Drake reports. What used to be a bleak asphalt parking lot off Jefferson Avenue is now filled with rows of colorful sheds. Slowly, the former St. Louis RV park is transforming into a village of tiny homes. Neighbors greet each other, a bike leans against one home, a lawn chair sits outside another. We just felt like this was an opportunity to try out a new innovative um, shelter opportunity for people. That's Amy Bickford. She manages the St. Louis Homeless Services Division and is guiding the city's $600,000 investment in the tiny homes. For some people that are battling with behavioral health or substance use, this gets them out of the environment where they're actively using. The project, funded by a federal coronavirus relief package, is called Jefferson Spaces. Residents are offered three bagged meals a day, Wi-Fi and job placement services. The tiny homes are transitional housing, meant for people who are looking for a permanent place to live. Three weeks ago, Shannon Bounds was living in an abandoned warehouse that was partially burned down. Now, she and her partner stay in one of the tiny homes. Hers is painted red. There's uh, two beds in there for me and my fiancé, and then there's a desk, and then we got a TV. It's kind of like a little cozy home. Bounds says she worked with three caseworkers to secure a spot. She's on a waiting list for an apartment now. Thousands of people in the St. Louis region have lost jobs because of the pandemic, and that has put more people at risk for homelessness than usual. The tiny homes were the cheapest, best option for a new shelter, says Steve Conway. He's the chief of staff for Mayor Lida Krusen. It is an incredibly efficient, effective way for taxpayers to move homeless people off of the streets. But Mayor Lida Krusen's administration has taken heat for spending federal relief money on the tiny homes. Some homeless service providers say the dollars could have been better spent on a different type of shelter with less restrictions. People who move into the tiny homes need a referral from a case manager and a plan to leave for permanent housing within three to six months. Danny Boulay, a volunteer for Tent Mission STL, says that's a challenge for people who are on the streets. If a lot of people had permanent housing plans, 
they would probably be pursuing those plans versus trying to get into the tiny homes. Residents must also have a job, but the city has started making exceptions and letting in people who don't. Longtime homeless advocate Tekka Childress has 10 of her clients living in the homes. She says Magdala Foundation, the organization operating the tiny homes, has been flexible. They've been really accommodating to the folks and in taking risks with the people I'm, I'm sending because people are struggling. They're taking risks. But some say city officials should have used the federal relief money to pay for safe haven shelters, which are open 24-7 and have no restrictions for entry. This past fall, the city rejected an $800,000 proposal to build a safe haven shelter this winter, saying it was too expensive. It could have housed 75 people at a time. They turned down incredibly innovative shelter safe haven projects that were submitted under the CARES Act to fund a project that was the pet project of city managers. That's Tim Huffman, a board member with St. Patrick's Center. The center and other nonprofits scrambled to open a temporary safe haven two weeks ago to house dozens of people, just as temperatures dipped below freezing. The city secured a lease for over two years to rent the tiny homes lot, so they'll be sticking around for a while. Mayor Lida Krusen, however, is not. Her term ends this spring, and she's not seeking re-election. So whether St. Louis will continue to invest in the tiny homes will be up to the next mayor. I'm Kayla Drake, St. Louis Public Radio. Our Brian Heffernan edited that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. Before wrapping up, Have you ever wondered what it sounds like on Mars? That is the sound of wind on the surface of the red planet recorded by the Perseverance rover. NASA officials released that audio yesterday. They say it's the first time they've been able to record sounds on the surface of another planet. I'm Wayne Pratt. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this has been The Gateway. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at choosewood.com.